Good morning, Georgetown. How are we doing? <clears throat> awesome. Um, hi, my name is Matthew. I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, today, I thought that what we would do is that we would go ahead and pretend like this is a youth uh, service and that you guys are going to get to experience what it would be like if you were up in the warehouse in that paint-splattered room and that you would be experiencing what the kids experience on Sunday morning. Plus, I'd already written that. So I thought that would just be what we do for this morning, right? I'm just kidding. Um, but you're going to get a little bit of a preview of what it is that the kids have during their Sunday morning elective. So let's all play pretend, all right? So you're walking in, right? You've walked upstairs. You found the comfortable bean bag, and you've made yourself like sprawled out. You're feeling good, right? And then, you know, I start asking you questions about what your weekend was like. And, <clears throat> you know, you tell me what you did over the weekend, that kind of thing. So do you guys have a good weekend? Okay, good, good. You guys are doing great so far. All right. <clears throat> then we would do some announcements, right? We'd have announcements time. And I'd say, hey, don't forget that we have a fall festival coming up on this Friday. Woo! It's going to be awesome. We need your help. Um, and then I would say, hey, we have a Halloween party next Friday, and it's going to be awesome. And, uh, and then I would let Heather tell about her cool Halloween party. And then I would say, okay, don't forget that today is the last day for TCTC signups if you want the $75 early price. And uh, <clears throat> I would reiterate to them how important it was to sign up. And I would go through the announcements. And then I get to one of my favorite parts. I get to tell a dad joke. So um, we have a, a dad joke of the week. And this week is, you ready? Why couldn't the family leave the room after playing with Legos? They were blocked. Oh, see, because the Legos, they're blocks. And the, sorry, I made it worse by explaining it. Okay, um, <clears throat> so we have our dad joke, and then we do some uh, worship. And so we have been doing uh, scripture memory as part of our worship time. And so we've, uh, we've got them in two sets right now. I put them in sets of 10. And so our first set right here, starting with Genesis and creation all the way to Psalm. And then our second set, we started with Psalm and we've gotten to Jeremiah. And so uh, if a student can recite a verse that they've memorized over the last 16 weeks, I throw candy at their face. So <clears throat> I've got some nerds here and a blow pop, and a lemon head. And so I thought, if y'all know any scripture, you get some candy this morning. I got three. I won't throw it at you hard. All right, so <clears throat> who knows some scripture up here? I'll give you all 16. I don't know the kids do six. Ooh, yes, actually a youth. Yes. Um, Woo, except you're a youth. You're disqualified. I'm just kidding. What do you want? You <laughs> Nerds, you got it. Oh, good. See, all right, I didn't throw it at you this time. All right, I got a lumen head and a blue pop. This is about how it goes on Sunday mornings. <laughs> You're good. <coughs> oh, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Kurt? Psalm 23? 
Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. <laughs> Beautiful. Which one you want? Okay. Lemonhead, you got it. Woo. Almost. I'm a terrible throw. All right. So <clears throat> now, uh, because scripture is extremely hard to memorize, even though it is really valuable in times of of tough times and in times of tribulation and in times of temptation. It's great to have. Um, what I've been kind of doing is creating a way for them to memorize that scripture. So uh, I've been putting them to, uh, to song a little bit. And so y'all remember our verse for today was Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34. And so we've already sung it once, so this time you guys get to join us in singing it. And so I know you know all the words. So this is Jeremiah 31, 33 through 4. <clears throat> and I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. You guys did awesome. You guys are beautiful. <clears throat> All right, so then uh, we would sing a little bit, and then I'd hand it over to Tommy. And he would play a game with them, and <clears throat> we would laugh. And today's game is, uh, I wish they would invent. And uh, it might, today was a discussion one, but it could be any kind of game. And, uh, and he does an amazing job leading that game. And so we would then debrief the game, and usually the game has something to do with the lesson. And so we have been using Core 52 by Mark Moore, and it has... Uh, it, it outlines 52 of the core principles of the faith that students need and adults need. And some of you are going to read this with us. It's awesome. And, um, but it goes through so many different things. We've gone through creation. We've gone through um, holiness. We've gone through uh, covenant and talked about how Abraham made a covenant with the Lord. Um, and so we've talked about all kinds of different things. And today we're talking about a new covenant, and what advantages do Christians have under the new covenant? And so, first off, we kind of have to understand what a covenant is and what God's covenant is with his people. So a covenant is a promise um, or an agreement, if you will, that has um, rewards if it's followed, if the, if the promise is followed. And so God makes a promise with his people that if they do this, then he will do this. If they do not do this, then, well, there's punishment that goes along with it. And so God made a covenant with his people Israel that if they would follow his commandments, he would be their God, their only God, and he would then continue to fight for them. If they did not follow his commandments, well, then he would no longer fight for them, right? As, as we saw from that Jeremiah passage, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, God's people loved God's law. They enjoyed having the rules in place. They enjoyed all of that, but honestly, they were incapable of keeping it. 
um, that they would sin, and then uh, they would then go to the priest or a prophet, and they, they would then make a sacrifice, whatever the sacrifice that they were supposed to make. They would make that sacrifice, and they would uh, bring atonement, and then they would purify themselves, and then they would go back home, and then they'd sin again, and then they'd find themselves going back to that priest and doing it again, and then they would go home, and then they'd sin again, and then they'd have to go back and forth, and so there needed some type of new covenant for his people, right? They loved it, but they needed something different, um, and, and honestly, uh, you have to kind of think about how you would fare, right? There's 613 commandments that they had to follow, and they had to understand of those consequences to each one of those commandments. And so then, they, if they did something wrong, they had to then go back to be purified. Um, it was complicated. Um, and so Jeremiah is a prophet, and he found himself speaking um, to the people about the many troubles the people of Israel were going to face during their time because of their constant disobedience. So we're going to be in Jeremiah. So if you would, take out your Bibles. If you have them with you, if not, underneath the, the pew there, there should be a Bible. And we're going to be in Jeremiah 31. <clears throat> Jeremiah 31. And again, this is, this is the Lord seeing the people and seeing the struggle that they had going back and forth over and over and over again because of their constant disobedience, because of their sin. He realizes there needs to be a new covenant. So this is from Jeremiah 31. It says this, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the old covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. The bottom line is that the Jews could not keep the old covenant of Moses. They just continued to fail. The problem was not with the law. There was no problem with the law. There was no problem with it. It was with humanity, with the people. Because the people refused to keep it, <clears throat> the promised punishment then, and it fell on the days of Jeremiah. Now, our core verse is from Jeremiah 31, 33. It goes right after this, because once the Lord realized there needs to be a new covenant, he begins to tell Jeremiah to tell the people what it's going to look like. And he says this. This is Jeremiah 31, 33. <clears throat> For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hey, that sounds familiar. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. It, this is even repeated again in Ezekiel 36, 26-27. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you, and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. The Lord has seen his people continually fall away from the faith. And because he loves his people, 
and sees their struggle, he wants to provide a way for them, a new covenant, a new promise for them, a promise that includes, right? When we go back in our Jeremiah passage, right, he's going to write the law on their heart. He's going to put it on their heart. He's going to then forgive their sin no more. This promise, and again, this kind of looks familiar, right? Because this promise that is right here in Jeremiah, this new covenant that's going to happen, is going to be fulfilled with Jesus. This new covenant is going to come with Jesus, and it's going to come with the Holy Spirit. So if we think about this new covenant that's coming, we have to look at what the advantages is, because we are living in the age of this new covenant. And so, number one, everyone would know God personally without a mediator. And so when we look at this first point, right, everyone would know God personally without a mediator. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, no longer would Israel have to go to a priest or prophet to be cleansed from their sin. They could go to God directly. They didn't have to go back and forth between a priest every single time that they sinned. They could go to God directly just as we can go to God directly and ask for forgiveness of their sins. They they should have confidence going to the throne that God will be there for them to forgive them of their sins. Now, number two, point number two. Sins are forgiven through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. Um, the Israelites' sin separated them from God, just as it does for us. God cannot be anywhere near something unholy. They needed a sacrifice that would last forever, not just until the next time they sinned. They needed a sacrifice that would last forever. And so a couple weeks ago, we were talking in youth about the core principle of atonement. And so atonement is, it's a big word, for Laying our sins upon someone else, taking that sacrifice for us. Um, And so atonement would just simply mean that the Israelites would have to take some kind of animal um, and they would have to sacrifice, they would have to put their sin upon that animal and sacrifice that animal and that would be the atonement or the payment needed for their sin. Now, we don't have to do that because Jesus has done that for us. He has been that sacrificial lamb for us that covers our sins under this new covenant, right? And and it says in, in that passage in Jeremiah 31, it says, I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. And so when he says that to us, he's talking about this sacrifice, that Jesus' sacrifice is going to cover our sins forever, And that we won't need to then even go back to a mediator. We won't have to go to a priest anymore because then we can go directly to God um, with our sins and ask for forgiveness. There's a passage in in Hebrews um, 10 um, that discusses, um, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. 
having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We can go to the throne with confidence knowing that Jesus' sacrifice has covered our sins. And lastly, the last advantage we have with this new covenant is that the Holy Spirit is then dwelling in us. A couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> we studied the core principle of wisdom. And we talked about how Solomon, um, when given the choice of all kinds of different things, he chose wisdom. And, and when God saw that, he, he not only blessed him with wisdom, but then with all other riches and everything else. But when he received that wisdom, it was then written on his heart. In Ephesians 1.17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Right? So that you may know him better. Right? The spirit of wisdom fell upon Solomon, and he was able to have the spirit write on his heart the law. Write it on his heart so that then he can write it down for us that we have in Proverbs, right? But we can then have that law with us. In our core verse, it says, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. So when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit comes into us. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with wisdom, and he writes it on our hearts so that we will then know him better. But for many of us, we view the new covenant, this new great covenant that has all these awesome advantages. Sometimes we view this new covenant as we would the old covenant. We're like, hey, uh, can we get a set of rules? You know, can we, uh, these are great advantages, right? These are awesome things that we have right here. But can we get a set of rules? Um, I'm going to need to know what I can and cannot do, right? That's the old covenant, and some of us, we still desire that old covenant. And, and non-Christians, they think that we do live by a list of rules and things like that that we have to follow. And then it's our job to say, no, we live by the new covenant, right? We have a new covenant that includes the Holy Spirit, that includes Jesus' sacrifice over ourselves, over our sins, right? So that we can then go to the throne in confidence, right? We have that new covenant, but we live sometimes as if we're still in this old covenant. But we need to see the new covenant. We need to be following in that idea of the new covenant, and we need to begin that path towards holiness. That's something Robin's been talking a lot about lately, is this idea of holiness. And I love this analogy that he had a couple weeks ago about um, a, a game that he used to play as a kid, right? It was I Spy and Hot and Cold, right? And he would discuss how uh, he would uh, play the game with, with, uh, with his grandparents, and they would say, I spy with my little eyes something that is red, and then he would try to go find that, and then as he got closer, he'd say, they'd say, oh, you're hot, or oh, you're cold, right? And, and he connected this idea that this is the same as if, what if God was, was the caller, and Jesus was, was looking around for things that were of Ephesians 5, Eight, where it says, live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. I spy with my little eye something that is filled with goodness, righteousness, and truth. Right? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. And, and as, as Jesus is walking around, and, and if he came over to you, what do you say? You're hot. 
Or would he say cold, right? And, and so this path of holiness, this path of holiness that leads us to be children of light, that leads us to be filled with the Spirit, that leads us to, be, to, to, be have, to have goodness and righteousness and truth, that leads us to that, would the callers say they're hot when they come to you, that you are following that path of holiness, would you say that you have the law, the Spirit has written the law on your heart so that you know it, so that you can be filled with goodness and righteousness and truth? You know, a couple weeks ago, we were um, hiking in Mount St. Francis. You guys hike there, yes? Okay, you guys know Trail 3, right? That's one of my favorites around the lake. And so we were hiking up there, and, and Graham really wanted to take his survival kit. And I look at that, and, and, and I was <clears throat> ready to say yes to anything. So uh, he says yes, and of course when he brings it out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to carry that. Um, as, as that's what I managed. I could make him carry it, but I knew that eventually I would be carrying it, and I did. Um, but <clears throat> when, I, when I think about the, the survival kit, right, and, and he, of course, we, you know, we carry it around the lake all the way through. And um, at one point, then, he gets out the compass, okay, and he's like, oh, we need our compass. And I was like, uh, we're following the path around the lake. We don't need a compass, but I, I let him get it out, right? <clears throat> and so, of course, he's got his compass out, and he's like, oh, we need to go this way. Why? Because it's north. Uh, we need to go towards the path. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> he was adamant and was like, this is the way. And I, I looked down at his compass. I'm like, this thing is, isn't even working. Um, and so I was like, I, <clears throat> I, I, I let him play with it for a minute. I was like, let's just follow the path. Um, and so, you know, he's over here messing with his compass. And, you know, of course, then he shakes it. And he's like, I'm like, oh, that's going to make it worse. Um, but <clears throat> I look down, and, of course, this thing is broken. It's not working. And um, I didn't want to break it to him. But, you know, we're not going to survive if this, with this kit anytime soon. So um, <clears throat> the thing of it is, is he had this broken compass, right? And now in my head as a pair, I'm thinking to myself, he's going to ask me to fix that. <clears throat> Y'all know what I mean, right? He's going to eventually come to me and say, can you fix this? And I realized I have no idea how a compass works, right? Um, and now, um, granted, I know that it points north, okay? I, I got that. But I didn't know how it, like, worked, worked, right? So I, I was thinking about how, like, I should probably look that up. So I did. And um, there's a North Pole and a South Pole. I know you all already know this. You all learned this in third grade, right? There's a North Pole and a South Pole. And there's this, like, magnetic field thing that goes throughout the entire Earth. It's so cool. I was like, man, this is fascinating science, right? And so, like, whenever there's, like, you know, this has, like, a little magnet, like, north-facing one or whatever. And so, like, it then, like, points towards that pole, right? And so it would always then point north, right? And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. And, of course, I, I started connecting the dots of the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit is this magnetic field, right, around this whole earth. The Spirit is hovering over the earth, as it says in Genesis, right? It's all over the earth, and so whenever you need to know what way to go, you have access to this Holy Spirit, that you can just like plug into and it will tell you which way to go towards holiness, towards goodness and truth, 
towards righteousness. It will lead you in that way. As long as you have a working compass. As long as you have a compass. As long as you are using your compass. But I dare say some of us probably are looking down at a broken compass. Some of us might not even have a compass. You may not even have that access. You may not even want that access. You're like, if I, if I have that written on my heart, then I'll be a different person. And maybe you're not ready for that. But I'll tell you this. With this new covenant, that, that, that we have access not only to the Holy Spirit, but we have access to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. We have access to being able to th- go to the throne in confidence. We have a spirit inside of us that's going to point us in the right direction. That, that when we hear that we should go this way, we go that way. When we see the right way, we're going to go into it. But for some of us, we're going to look down our compass and say, I know that's the way I should go, but man, this way looks really cool, and I know that that's south, but I'm going to go this way, right? But we have this access to the new covenant. So I ask, where are you at? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to act as a compass on your way of becoming holy? on your way towards goodness and righteousness and truth, towards that holiness? Do you have that spirit inside of you writing the law upon your heart so that you can go that way and want to go that way? Or are you looking down at a broken compass? Is yours pointing north? Are you going in the direction of north? Or are you going somewhere else? The Holy Spirit that lives in us as part of the new covenant is ready to show us the way. Are we willing to look down at our compass? Lord God, we love you for setting up a brand new covenant for us so that we don't have to follow the old rules. We don't have to go through the, the sacrifices and the atonements and the purification. You have set up a new covenant for us to follow that includes a Holy Spirit to guide us in your ways, to guide us in your truths. Lord, a a new covenant that allows us to approach your throne with confidence, knowing that we can ask for whatever and if it is in your will. Lord, a new covenant that includes your son's sacrifice on the cross for our sins so that we can live a life different, so we can live a life that's closer to you, so we can live a life where we know you better. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.